Hey everybody, we are back. If you listened to us last episode, we were talking about Predator. And now, thanks to Jake the Midnight Traveler, we've got episode 15.5. That's how we do, that's how we number our bonus episodes. We're going to call this My Two Nicholases, like My Two Dads. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> Jake, you sounded the battle cry, and the rest of the DFM fan a.k.a. the three of us, well, the two of us. We raise the banners, and we are now charging all as one headlong into our Sunday evening. And now I'm being super awkward. But we're going to have this friendly discussion about Renfield, starring our two Nicholases, Nick Cage and Nick Holt, uh, supported by one Aquafina, Ben Schwartz. I'm going to butcher her name, Shorey Agadishlu. Okay, somebody correct me there. Um, and Brandon Scott Jones. And of course, there's a whole hell of a lot more. So, dear listener, Carrie's looking at me quizzically. We, um, you definitely butchered that. Okay, okay, that's fine. So, <laughs> moving right along, we're just going to ignore what I just said then. Uh, Jake, you know, you kind of called us on the carpet because we were supposed to have this as a regular full episode. And I think between Evil Dead Rise and just life stuff happening, we we just ended up having to skip it. But you you held us accountable, man. You you stayed pat with it, and you texted me one night and you was like, "Hey, I'm going to see this." And then you're like, "Hey, this is we got to do a bonus episode on this." So I'm gonna start with you, Jake, since this is your this is your bonus episode. So you're gonna help me steer the ship. So let's start with. Just kind of like the who, what, when, where, and how you saw Renfield. Well, this could also be an episode of The Midnight Traveler Goes to the Movies again, because, you know, I saw this out in the theater. But here's where things get a little different. Um, where I am in Central Texas um, has a lot of cool, hip things for the time being. Um, there's a thing called the Blue Starlight Mini Urban Drive-In. And it's located um, in the Mueller District of Austin, where I'm currently hanging my hat. And yeah, it's essentially <laughs> these guys uh, in, the back, in the back of their house, uh, they have kind of like a field. And they have a couple of small screens set up. The uh, projection booth was in the cab of an old rusted-out pickup truck. And the, one of the screens that I was watching was pretty much held up against the back of the house. Ooh. Kind of a throwback to how the drive-in originally got started in the 30s when some guy in New Jersey was just, you know, broadcasting films off on his garage door. And people came by to see it. And, uh, <laughs> and it was, um, and it's, uh, it was, it was really cool. It's, it's, it's probably not going to be there much longer because, you know, we're driving out to this part of town. You can already see the new construction and all the old housing that's fenced off about to be torn down. So, so it was kind of like, yeah, this will probably be a one and done for this joint for me. But, um, we also had a storm coming in out of the Southwest. So, Hopefully we were going to be able to watch the movie without getting rained out. 
But um, the storm, we didn't get rained out on, but um, the storm came in and there were flashes of lightning on either side of the screen while this movie was showing. So this isn't like, you know, the Little League games where the ump comes out and say, "Uh uh-uh, there's no movie showing tonight, there's a storm going. Like, was there, is there any hesitation at all and say, hey, we better shut this down? Or how does that work out? They said they were going to email us um, if they really felt it was going to be a problem. But, uh, no, we were able to see the movie, drive back home, and be tucked in bed by the time the storm came in, and the storm came in. But having the flashes of lightning on either side of the screen was really, really cool <laughs> while we were watching. <laughs> I was going to ask you if it just added to the whole experience of just, like, we're seeing this vampire film, we're seeing a Nick Cage vampire yeah. film, and... <laughs> Like, just the, did it add the atmosphere, you know, did you hear the thunder in the distance as the title card was coming up? And so that that sounds like a really cool experience. There was no thunder. We were just getting the flashes of lightning. Gotcha. Okay. Had we have been getting the thunder, that meant we probably would have also been getting the rain. And then that would have been game over. But, um, but yeah, it was cool. And, you know, but it's just, you know... <sighs> It's just a shame. I, I could probably make another episode of my thoughts about what's going on in Austin right now. And I will in future episodes. But, yeah, we were driving out there, and we can already see the construction coming up being like, well, it would be nice to say we can probably come back to this. So that was a little sad heading into yeah. it. But I want to get all that out of the way right now because um, the movie was great. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean – you know, each of you, I was curious to know, Carrie, we're going to actually start with you and then we're going to give Jake a, a big chunk of time on this after this question. So you go first, Carrie. Can one, Carrie, give us your reaction when you heard that Nicolas Cage was going to be Dracula and then that build up, then what was your reaction when you actually saw the movie? So I was super excited when I heard Nicolas Cage is going to be playing Dracula. Um, it, it just, I was like, yes, this is going to be so much fun. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be exciting. Um, and he really played that character, seeing him in action in the actual movie. Um, I wish that there was even more of him in this movie. I wanted to see a little bit more of him in this movie. So, and there was um, just a quick follow-up. There was one movie that you saw of his. Was it Willy's Wonderland, Carrie? Yeah, that was so much fun. Okay. So there, there is, and we'll get into the, like what I've been calling, the, and a lot of people are calling the Nick Cage Renaissance, uh, a little bit later. Because it's really been the past five years or so that he's been you know, coming on strong. And we'll dive into that a little bit. But um, Jake, uh, how about you? Can you... Go back in time and think about whenever you first heard about Renfield, and then what were some of your initial thoughts when you finally got to see the movie? My whole thing was um, Nicolas Cage finally got to scratch another thing off the bucket list. You know, you could tell that this was probably something. I mean, you got to give the guy credit, whether you think he's great or whether you think he's a joke. You have to admire the fact that he hurls himself into any project he's a part of. And I think with more so with the cage renaissance that we're in right now, it's, it's high profile up offbeat stuff that he's doing, but I've got a feeling this guy is really just trying to do a lot of stuff. Like 
you know, I've kind of always wanted to do this. <laughs> yeah. And that that's cool because when you have a performer who who's who's coming from that angle, it shows on the screen. I mean, it's just a better performance. And no, when I heard about Renfield, I was like, oh, yep. This is this is all going to plan. And um I'm like whether it's good or bad, it's going to be entertaining as hell. And I know I will see it. So now here's a problem with the way you answered, man. Now that I heard you do the Nick Cage impression, we're now going to be having you doing Nick Cage doing interviews with our podcast. (laughs) I just pulled, I've never done that before. You really think it's good. It's kind of like this. Now we're going to have to just have a whole segment of you doing like different dialogue from different Nick Cage movies. Okay. Uh, All right. I'll try it. (laughs) I'm I'm imagining your head flailing back and arms flailing forward at the same time that you're saying this in true Nick Cage fashion. Um, So Carrie, uh, actually Jake, well, I'll ask you this one first. Um, What were just, you know, even just like your initial reaction, what's the first thing that comes off the top of your head? in terms of a favorite moment um, of well, Redfield. Nicholas Cage, like I said, he was great. Nicholas Holt was great. All the supporting cast was great, but they did a, a, a <laughs> they had a running joke in the beginning of the movie that I didn't, I didn't know was coming when they were just ripping on ska music. Oh my gosh. I yes. mean, that was just, you know, I've, <laughs> Not too many people, more people rip on it now than they used to, but uh, it was just how they incorporated it. Like the one woman in the group is saying, oh my God, now he's got me talking about it too. Yes. (laughs) And just, I just was like, you know, they didn't need to throw this in here, but they threw it in here and they wove it so well into the movie. And then it's kind of like, I'm laughing at that. I'm like, oh, wait. And Nicolas Cage is going to be a vampire. You know, talk uh, about getting your cake and eating it too. I just, uh, I, the rest of the movie lived up to that part, but it was just, that was just such a bonus. Like, like when you go to Whataburger, uh, for all you people in Austin, go to Whataburger at 2 a.m. and you order your double with cheese and fries and a Coke. And then you open up your bag and you realize that they accidentally slipped in a honey butter chicken biscuit as well. That honey butter chicken biscuit was that Scott joke. That <laughs> that that's right on point because it, it's just like okay, we're already getting Nick Cage in a vampire movie, as you said, but then to get some of that, honestly, just and it's not it wasn't even a snarkiness. I mean, this movie was just witty as hell. Yeah, that um, was you could tell the entire crew and cast were having just so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a really, really good script. Like, it was well-written. It This thing could have just, you know, love, you know, rested on its heels and just sort of let the insanity of it go through. But no, these guys took their time and they wrote a really good script. That's, yeah, as you said, Carrie, right on the money. Very funny and very, very witty. And now, do, do you know, Jake, that is... Is there, does this ska joke, um, 
is this from a previous piece of work that one of them did? Is it something to do so. with the creator? Okay. I, I don't think so. I just okay. think it was, hey, let's, let's take a shot at those crazy assholes with the horns and the really weird yeah. suits. Yeah. So, and, and you know what? There's like a, um, and, I, and I'm looking over at Carrie because you're going to, if we had the video going right now, she's, so the last, the, well, the only time we were in Vegas, I took her to see Gwen Stefani because she's a huge Gwen Stefani fan. Mm. Okay. So, of course, at least one third of that freaking audience is dressed up in ska because, yeah. you know, that was her roots from the 80s yeah. was all the ska music and she still mm-hmm. got a lot of that incorporated. I, I can't sit here and say that she's um she's not. she's she's as close to ska as yeah. she used to be. But oh God, no, no. Yeah. So um, but I I've just it, I was sitting there watching with Carrie. As soon as they started ragging on ska, I'm like side eyeing Carrie. Like, is she how is she going to take this? Because you know you're a big ska fan for a while there, and now just Gwen Stefani. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, uh, hopefully Carrie won't kill us. Knock on wood. Um. Did you get that, Carrie? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, so Carrie, what was your favorite moment from Renfield? I had two favorite moments. So one was, you always do that. I know. I knock, I knock the mic or the computer all the time. So one was at the beginning, the very beginning where they're shooting almost, I wouldn't call it black and white. It's supposed to look like black and white, but it's more like a grayscale. Sepia tone, I think. Yeah. Um, that, I really love that. And I probably wanted to see a little bit more of that, but I get it because it was differentiating the time. Do you mean like styly or you wanted to see the whole backstory, like the, the, the prequel? I basically. wanted to see the entire backstory in that. Yeah. For sure. Um, and then you have, you know, sort of at the end where he drinks the entire therapy group. Yeah, like I, I, um, I'll just jump in and say I second your uh, thought there, it could, because we almost got to see like the Bella, excuse me, Bella Lugosi version from Nick Cage in the black and white, but then we also had like some kind of um, Hammer style going on there as well at the same yeah. time. Um, yeah, that goes back to the fact that these they took their time, and these guys gave nods and they. I wouldn't say, and I don't think they stole. I think they borrowed very, very, very well. And I'm kind of in the same boat as Carrie here. I wanted a little bit more of the of the sepia tone beginning. I, I know that you gotta you gotta try to keep the movie like around ninety minutes, but yeah, I'm I'm hungry. I'm hungry for that too. Yeah. So, well, then here's a bonus thought because and Jake, we've had these discussions recently. Like, okay. Um, and I, tell me what movie it was because I can't remember. The what artist, just, Mo- the most. No, oh no, sorry, I was talking about with Jake. Oh, so no, the um, just there's there's those. Oh, it was the cabin in the woods where he's saying, okay, you know, with the elders, we got exactly what we should have got. It told the story exactly it should have been told, and no, we don't need to see more. But now I'm kind of hearing from everybody that with this one. We we would have been fine with like another I don't know five to fifteen minutes yeah. of oh yeah oh yeah yeah so so does that that begs the question you know knowing that okay do we want a sequel or prequel do we want a prequel to Renfield does this warrant it Jake or do we leave it alone I don't know I, I I'd say well I still 
even though I'm very much a creative guy and I'm not really a numbers guy, the sheer amount is I don't think Renfield performed well enough at the box office mm-hmm. yeah. to um, warrant um, any further continuation, sadly. Um, I think it'd be it'd be a little risky. I think I did read that Nicolas Cage would be down to do it. I mean, but that's not really the hard thing. That guy seems to be down for a <laughs> lot of really fun, cool stuff. <clears throat> but um, I think it'd be worth a shot if if um if they got the right people behind it. I think it could be good. Does I really does do? This, um, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh. I was That's just gonna I say. I, I was just gonna say that um, would this work uh, even like in a series, like a streaming series? I was just gonna suggest that. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I think that would definitely work in a streaming series, but the amount of money you have to put yeah. behind it, it'd be something. In a perfect world, they'd make it. I'd say maybe only make it six to eight episodes, one season. Um, and it'd be great. But yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be the way to do it, and I think if done right, I think there it, it can it can be it it, it can be warranted. I, this is one of those things where I'd like I would love to see Shutter pick up something like yeah. this, you know. Um, so, anyways, alternate futures. We're on an alternate future kick here. Um, well, it might not be alternate future, but um, anyways, Jake, we've got another Nicholas to talk about. Um, he's been on quite a tear lately. <laughs> with his roles over the past seven to 10 years, what works for you with Nicholas Holt in this movie? And and then Carrie, you can answer after him. I think very, very bluntly everything. I mean, he's the right amount of funny. He's the right amount of tough. He's the right amount of snarky. He's the right amount of vulnerable. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's done all these horrible things, but you understand why he's done it. You understand that he wants to get away from it and he hasn't, and he hasn't really been able to find the strength for it, and you root for him. No, I think that he absolutely nailed this. You know, he makes the ghost of Dwight Fry proud on this. Yeah. He, uh, really, he really brings it. I mean, it's just, I, I, I really wish I could give more critiques on it, but no, it's like, no, everything this guy did for that role was right where it needed to be. So I can't so, honestly tell you that there's something he should have done differently. What, Carrie? Carrie's, like, dying to say what? So when he, spoiler alert, when he branches out on his own with the support of the therapy group and gets his own place and he starts dressing up the apartment differently and you see more color, when he goes and gets clothes from, like, Old Navy, I was just dying. Yes. The, the Old Navy shout-out. And it's, it, it's so funny because not only is it more colorful, but it's, like, there is a certain look to old Navy clothes. Um, I'll offer a critique since you guys are gushing over Nicholas Holt. I'm not doing it just to be a contrarian. Um, Carrie's giving me the shit face now. Uh, don't you dare talk about my Nicholas. Um, so I'm sorry. I'm just, and you know, guys and listeners at DFM, we're, we usually don't just bag on a movie or an actor to bag on it. It's just offering thoughts and opinions. So I love Nicholas Holt, but I'm just going to say my one critique is that I got serious, serious Hugh Grant vibes from his performance. What? Yes. I got to disagree with you on that. I was, I was worried about that myself, but I, I think he, 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 he dodged that bullet. 
So when he gets in like the confused or quizzical look, I guess is where I'm coming from with that. Carrie's shaking her head. is like, hey, you don't know what you're talking about. No, two different looks. <laughs> two very different looks. She's really thought about Nicholas in this movie. Um, so let's talk about, um, Jake, a little bit of, tell me a little bit about what stood out to you in terms of like other horror legend sightings in this movie. You know, we've got, some from Texas Chainsaw, some from other vampire movies. What well, what kind of stood out to you? There was a lot well, of. I gotta tell you, um, I I got I got incredible credits too. I missed William Ragsdale. I, I he had what well, he he had facial hair in this, right? Yeah, he plays the older priest in yeah. the sepia. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I yeah. I I didn't quite catch him on that, and shame on me because you know fan of his from fright night and uh he was also in the reaping and he was also also did a pretty long stretch on justified for all you non-horror fans out there but um but no um i noticed caroline williams right away like i actually said it i said honey look 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 it's stretch <laughs> Because I rewatched um chainsaw massacre 2 for the first time in years because it's also – one reason why I watch it now is they shot the entire thing in Austin. I'm like, I know where that is. I know where that is. That's not there anymore. That's still there. That's gone. That's here. That's I've awesome. been there. Hey, Jake, Carrie hasn't seen part two yet. No, not well, yet. Well, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> spoiling anything. It's just, you know. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I'm beginning on her case because every night when the kids go to bed, yeah. I'm like, hey, we got to see – you got to see two. You got to see. Well, let me I, – I won't gush on this too long because I don't want to make too much of this about just me talking here. But – um rewatched it it was way better than i remembered and caroline williams you know i i really hope that she books more stuff recently because she has she has a presence like she's very 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 good at what she does and okay i take it back the only thing that i would have done in this movie i wish I had was more of her I agree. I wish that even maybe she would have gotten bit and turned into a vampire. Yeah. There's that, what is it, 10 Minutes to Midnight, where she actually plays a radio DJ again. Um, I haven't seen that one. I'll, 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 I'll be on the lookout for that one. But no, I, not Carrie, I will tell you, um, it's, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is different, very different in tone from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1, but it is fun. And yeah, Caroline Williams gives a great performance in anything that I see her in. And yeah, I just wish there was more of her in this film. Very Carrie, much. And I know I'm not alone. Yeah. I, I mean, Carrie gets sick of me playing the Chainsaw 2 soundtrack constantly. It is constant. <laughs> it's, seriously, we're sitting there across from each other, like, you know, telecommuting from home. And it's like all of a sudden you're okay. okay uh, this is stretch. It's like at least once a week. Um, so now that I went on that, the Texas Chainsaw Two tangent, um, I want to make sure we don't gloss over anything here. So can can I just give yeah. a nod to Ben Schwartz for playing Teddy Lobo? He's yeah. hilarious <laughs> in that role. Yeah, yeah. And he was in what Parks and Recreation? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Most of his teeth in, and I was like. Oh, he's playing this character again. You know yeah. what? Hey, it, it's it's hitting the it note. Works. It works. It works. It very much works. 
Um, what's the actor that plays uh, Booger in Revenge of the Nerds? Curtis Armstrong. Yeah, it, it's like that. He's he's like that type of like, oh yeah, oh yeah, risky business. Oh yeah, Revenge of the Nerds. Oh yeah, better off dead. <laughs> oh yeah, one crazy summer. Oh, oh yes. yeah. Um, and I loved Aquafina in this. I love her in just about everything she does. Yeah, I don't mind her, but I, yeah, I'm going to be the bad guy in this episode. I just, every time they cut to the cop story, I was like, man, more Nick Cage, please. It was a yeah. little bit of a wraparound. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of felt the same way, but at the same time, um, her emotional thread was stronger to pull the plot from point A to point B. Like, I, I know why they did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense why they did it. But, uh, yeah, it was, you know, oh, her co- father was a really good upstanding cop. And we've seen that a bunch. But it's just the reason why we've seen that a bunch is it really does help the story structure. And it does push things through. So um, moving right along. So you, you both have mentioned now that you've you wanted more of the um, sepia you know, Nick Cage, more Nick Cage in general. Is there anything else other than that kind of little prequel moment that either one of you wanted more of, or you feel pretty satisfied? There's, they mentioned about being on the other side. I feel like they could explore that when all of the therapy people said, you know, I would, oh, thank God I'm back from the other side. Like there's that little exploration that could be done. Yeah. Uh, at least some joking. Oh, you mean like okay, he he brought them back. Yeah. They saw what was death was like. And, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Jake, you you good? Is there anything else you wanted more of? No, Caroline oh. Williams. More, Caroline. Plus, I wanted more Caroline Williams, and I wanted more of the sepia tone stuff. Gotcha. So, let's go back a little bit and look over the careers of our two Nicholases here, starting with Nick Cage, Jake. Um, can you give us like from each decade, like eighties, nineties, two thousands, and now the Renaissance, can you give us a movie from each of those decades that you love and just like very briefly, like why that's your choice for a Nick Cage movie? Yes, I can. Um, starting with the eighties, the first film I can recall seeing him in Peggy Sue gets married. (laughs) You stole one of Carrie's for sure. (laughs) And uh, I dug it because it was about the 50s. And when I was a little ki- real little kid, I thought the 50s were cool. Yep. And I just um, I thought he and Kathleen Turner were actually had really good chemistry. Uh, young Jim Carrey's in that. And uh, yeah. Joan Allen, blink if you miss her, behind those big glasses. And But no, I really thought he was really cool in that. Um, 90s, got to go with The Rock. I mean, that's... That's a sit-down movie. Oh, The Rock's on. I'm going to sit down and watch this. This was this was the first real inklings of Nicolas Cage as an action hero. And if you think about it, that's what his character was. He was a chemical super freak, but he becomes an action hero. And then as you see the rest of his career going from that, he becomes he's more of an action hero guy. And I think that The Rock was that turning point. And come on, Sean Connery, Ed Harris... Oh, no. Mike, yeah. Michael Bean, even in his yeah, small Michael, role. Yeah, Michael Bain, yeah. There, yeah. There's, and William Forsyth and, you know, just all these other people. And then um, the aunts. Well, this is when Nicolas Cage was, yeah, I'm Nicolas Cage. I'm going to make this. 
I think I'm going to go with Ghost Rider. Yeah. <laughs> Just because yeah. one of the coolest things about that movie was, and it was, I heard about it in the press, and I and it's and it's on brand. Uh, Nicholas Cage had to undergo um, some pretty extensive makeup coverage to cover up his real life Ghost Rider tattoos. Oh my gosh! I didn't I know. Mean, that. <laughs> come on, that's that yeah. is cool. And yeah. the movie I thought was pretty good too. And then I'd say from the uh, from the Renaissance, well. When does that renaissance officially start, though? Because he's made some movies that are in the renaissance, but he's also made a couple of movies where he's trying to stretch out his acting chops. So what's the starting point for this? Yeah. So I have a couple of different answers for this. Yeah. So um, in my mind, at least, um, I've been going with, like around 2018, yeah, um, you know, around the, around the time that it's like, wow, look at this movie, look at this Mandy movie, basically. Like he, this is a looks like a really batshit crazy kind of movie. All We're right. seeing okay. him taking, yeah. So that then very quickly, um, here, Carrie, tell me yours because I've got a couple of ones that I'll pick from, and okay. I'll pick and I'll talk about whatever one that isn't one of your picks for the Renaissance. So what okay. was your pick for the Renaissance? Um, well, my pick for the Renaissance was probably Willie's Wonderland. Uh, okay. All right. I, I really love that. Okay. Then I'll talk about Mandy. Um, there's certain types of cinematic candy that I can't turn away from. And one of that is a revenge story. And Mandy, um, had such a its own look and oh my god it opens up with one of my favorite king crimson songs and you know his battle axe is modeled after the celtic frost band logo and it's weird the movie feel that movie feels like a giant neon blanket has been wrapped around me and it puts me to sleep but in a soothing calm way no movie has ever really done that to me. And and if you think about it, Nicolas Cage pulls back a lot of his, you know, cliches and things that he does. And it's a lot of the film is pretty understated. I mean, it's definitely more in his actions than the things that he says. And I think it's a very unique look. And I really, um, really would like to see him collaborate with that director again it's george cosmatos's son but what, what, what was what, what's his son's first name so um is it panos or panios i'm i'm checking right now uh da, 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 da. in terms of the director yeah, panos cosmatos yeah. yes yeah. and um and i don't know it's also kind of weird mandy was the name of my first girlfriend <laughs> hey you know what you know you mentioned the um just kind of the restraint and the understatedness that actually a good chunk carry of your willie's wonderland like everybody is looking at jake you made a good point the renaissance of him taking these zany roles but actually no and this was one of my later questions like what is it about the renaissance well no actually now that we're diving deep into it there's a lot of restraint going on actually 
Which actually, I think then when he does get zany, it makes the zaniness pay off even more. So like in Willie's Wonderland, Carrie, he like doesn't speak a line, which feels like for like ages. Yeah. In that movie. Yeah, it's all about his actions. Yeah, everything in his eyes and his like reaction or staring down somebody. Um, and just the idea of those characters like becoming evil in a kid's place, just like it was hilarious. What's that? And the town is in on it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, okay, Carrie, you don't have any other thoughts? Um, I, I, I do. I mean, okay. the reason... 80s, 90s. Yeah, the reason I love Peggy Sue Got Married was, A, like you said, the music, Jake, but the whole time travel, I have a soft spot for, like, time traveling <laughs> movies. Um, that aspect alone as a kid... I was so enthralled with that. And the fact there was this whole big, can she change her future? You know, mm-hmm. we find out can't, but she learns some new things. So I, I really always enjoyed that movie. I, I actually introduced you to that movie. Yeah. Um, I thought for sure you were going to pick Moonstruck just because of your romantic side. Um, what about 90s Nick Cage? Oh, 90s Nick Cage. I mean, I know you like The Rock. I do. If it were me, I would I would pick Con Air. That would be mine. I would say Face Off. Face Off? That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And um, you know who's in Face Off? Mr. Joe Bob Briggs is in Face Off. Yeah. Oh, think about it. Yeah. Um, how about 2000s, Carrie? I, I'm going to go with National Treasure, the first one. That is a lot of fun. The first one. Yeah. Because I enjoyed the first one. The others, you know. Okay. I dig it. Um, And okay, so you're saying Willie's Wonderland is your most recent. Um, I think we covered, you know, is there anything other than from the understatedness to the zaniness that's kind of making this cage renaissance happen, Jake? Like, is there anything else to note about his career lately that's kind of making him stand out, especially among horror fans? I don't really know. Like I said, I, he's a guy who loves comic books. He loves hard rock. He loves horror. He loves strange, weird things. And now that he's fixed his finances, his finances and stuff, you know, I think he's just going for stuff that he likes. Yeah. yeah. And I just think the things that he likes are the things that we like. And you know, is he's happy, we're happy. It's kind of like every everybody wins right now. So, Carrie, um, outside of Renfield, can you give us two Nicholas Holt roles that have just kind of stood out for you over the past couple de- decades? So, the the first one that comes to mind is actually kind of it's sort of on the romantic side, but it's not full romance. Uh, warm bodies. I absolutely love Warm Bodies and the fact that they focus so heavily on the different type of music and it's a zombie. It's like a zombie love story and but it's in reverse like the zombie falls in love with the human. Uh-huh. And I really love that aspect where it's kind of like a, a reverse. Um yeah. I, I was I was pressured into seeing that one and I'm happy I was. Yeah. It was a good movie. Uh, even yeah. though we maybe this will be another so this will be another 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 bonus episode, he's not really a zombie. If you think about it, 
Yeah. Yeah. So now what what about another one before we go down the the warm bodies discussion? Well, um, I I mean for me, I did enjoy when he was in Mad Max Fury Road. I did enjoy that performance. As Max, yeah. Yeah. However, yeah, I really loved him in Tolkien. I loved that movie. And he was really, really good in that movie. You didn't see that. No, that, and a matter of fact, that was one, like Jake was saying about Warm Bodies. You were trying to get get me to see Tolkien. I'm like, nah, nah, or I would just be internet surface yeah. surfing while you were watching it. Um, but anyways, moving right along. Jake, how about you with Nicholas Holt? Uh, it was, well, she mentioned Fury Road. Um, she mentioned Warm Bodies, but I was happy she didn't mention this, The Menu. Oh yeah, no. We actually have. I don't. You yeah. haven't watched it, have you? I have not. I have not watched. Neither one of us. We've watched kind it. of been interested in watching it. It's okay, been I will. I will not spoil anything. But pretty much, I, I. It's not a perfect film. All I know is I really liked it. People were trying to say, "Oh, it's it kind of fails as a horror movie and as a comedy," and I think those people are out of their heads because I think it very much uh, succeeds on both. And I had one of those, wait, that was the guy from Fury Road? No, very, he, he hit all the marks on that one. Uh, funny when he needed to be funny, serious when he needed to be serious. It was, it was a very good movie. And I, I think the two should sit down and watch it. And without giving anything away, have some cheeseburgers. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I is this one of those things where I think it, I, it is what I think it is, but maybe it's not exactly. Yeah. Or is the, or this that it is it is it in the meat? Is the meat cannot be yeah. meat? Is it one of those things? I'm not telling you shit, son. <laughs> All I'm saying is watch it and enjoy some cheeseburgers while you do it. You'll pay <laughs> for it later. Um. So, I think that about wraps it up for us guys in Renfield. And just the careers of Nick Cage and Nick Holt and, you know, why all of us enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, sounds like we could go overall more. Nick Cage is always a good thing. He's Jake, as you put it, he's doing the things that us horror fans and rock fans and, you know, all those things that we have in common. And when we were in New Orleans. And he's teaming up with people that are in other things like what Carrie likes, too. Yeah. When we were in New Orleans, we actually saw the the Nick Cage the Nick tombstone. Cage yeah, tombstone. yeah, yeah the, the, the big pyramid. Yeah, yeah. It's like here's here's um, what who's the voodoo woman in New Orleans? Madam. Madam something. Um, uh, anyways, let's yeah. not let's not go let's there because we don't know what we're talking about. But yeah, we, yeah, we we gave her the uh, we the bubble gum. We left her an offering. offering. You're like this very private moment where we're trying to have kids and we're like, okay, we're gonna leave the voodoo offering. And like in hopes that it helps us. And then you turn around around, there's a fucking pyramid from Nick Cage right behind us. Totally took us right <laughs> out of the moment. So, um, but anyways, we're going to move right along. Uh, we are going to switch up topics a little bit here because tonight. Marie Laveau. What's that? Is the witch queen of New Orleans. Who's the witch queen of New Orleans? Marie Laveau. Yes. Thank yes, you thank very you, much. Jake. Yes. See, Jake is here to keep us on track and correct and um yeah i thank you it, man. and it's an unmarked it is unmarked well 
Not really because of all the, the offerings. offerings. That's, everything that's how we is, knew we were in the right place. Everything is bare and goth-like, and then there's five bit. It's like, you know, you're standing in line on a roller coaster, and there's five million things of gum and, and hair braids and stuff. <laughs> and we left gum and change. Because <laughs> that's all we had on us at the moment. She, she's like, that's all you got? We fucking go. <laughs> and then we got twins. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, we're going to move right along. We're going to talk. Uh, a little bit about uh, the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards, which are actually on Shutter tonight. Yeah, um, I was taking a look at that, and oh, damn it, they're making me choose between things I do not want to choose. <laughs> so when I, when I was looking at this, I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting because I felt the same exact way. Like, holy shit! Like, can it just can everybody just win? Um, because I I could give a reason. I mean, that's why they're all there. That's why they're all nominees. But um. If everybody's got the ballot pulled up, um, we're just going to go. Um, <laughs> we're just going to go right through this ballot here, and you're you're each just going to give us your vote and briefly why. Um, yeah, let me. Uh, I'm being slow on the draw with our link on our side here, Carrie. So forgive me. Um, okay, we're going to start right off, and I I don't think we're going to be able to watch all of this, but I still think this is a good exercise to go through um we're gonna start off with carrie i'll let you go first best wide release movie out of barbarian black phone nope pearl and x that is so tough do i have to get the sand timer out (laughs) no i i i I really think for me I, i think it's gonna be the black phone the black phone yeah why is that the performance by all the kids, I mean, and the whole aspect of that movie alone, the subject matter of that movie alone. You know, Jake, you, you mentioned how, you know, you weren't like as into Ethan Hawke, so now she's purposely dancing around the Ethan Hawke reason, which what? is, she's grinning. See, she knows it's really all about Ethan Hawke, and that's why she... No, grinning. it's not just about Ethan Even Hawke. when he's playing, but, even when he's playing a pedo grabber, it's still about Ethan Hawke. <laughs> so jake how about how about you because we got a lot to cover this was the hardest one because you're making me choose between pearl and x mm-hmm. and i was stunned like you know, i went it's, it's strange enough and i'm not trying to talk shit here carrie the only one i haven't seen is the black phone oh. i haven't seen that one yet i i but actually had a little sleeping after that movie yeah, but i saw pearl and i saw x and i'm just like oh like i, I think i'm gonna have to take x Simply because X is a really great horror movie. Pearl, I don't think there's a genre for that film. Because it's the, you can't call it a horror movie. You can't call it a period piece. You can't really call it a drama. It's a character study. And I know that's a very nebulous um, genre or tag for a movie, but I haven't really seen anything quite like Pearl. And pretty much, I'm just going to tell you right now, if there's an award that Mia Goth is going to be nominated for, she needs to receive it because that woman is acting out of her damn skin. And if I were to meet her, I'd say, no, no, everything you're doing is a grand slam right now. Don't let me get in your way. (laughs) I, I've, you know, I was going to play like the tiebreaker, but uh, I feel like, you know, that that wouldn't be right here. We're just going to let everybody's pick stand as is. I'm curious to see what yours is. 
<laughs> well, no. See, I, that's my problem. I wouldn't have picked either one of those because I love the Barbarian so much. And I that was the other one I was going to choose from was either Barbarian or the Black Phone. And yeah, I, I thought Barbarian I, was good. I thought it was yeah. good. Yeah. Um, nope. I I liked it. It just felt like Jaws for me. And, you know, it's like, it's like okay. I saw it. It's like the same way I felt when I saw Signs. I'm like, okay, it's aliens or whatever. And With Nope, um, I, I just really feel that um, the the – your ma- the male lead in that movie just was too stoic. He wasn't talking or reacting enough. It almost it just... felt like a Twilight Zone episode, yeah. really. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, he's, uh, Jordan Peele sets a really good mood. He has a really great eye for visuals, but I don't think that Nope was bad because it wasn't, obviously, but I think it definitely is the weakest of his three films. Yeah, and, and I actually thought, was it the the sister? I actually thought that she stole the show in that one. Yeah. No question. Uh, no question. Moving right along to best limited release movie, we've got Orphan First Kill, Resurrection, Something in the Dirt, Terrifier 2, and Mad God. And I actually thought this might be the hardest because maybe not everybody had saw everything, watched everything in this category. Yeah, I I'll be I'll be I'll try to be as fair as I can. Um, if I haven't seen anything, I'm just going to take myself out of it. I I must say I didn't see any of these films this year. So okay, I'll be Car- Well, the only one that I saw was Terrifier Two. Okay. okay. So and that was that was really well done. The storyline was really well done, mixed with the different kills and stuff. Okay. Um, and Jake, have you watched the first Terrifier at all, or All Hallows Eve? Uh, I was told by very um, trustworthy sources that it's not that good. Okay. It's just a bunch of glamorized kills, not really much of a story. That hasn't prevented me. I mean, Lord knows I've seen enough movies like that, but I haven't been enticed enough. But if I were to be at somebody's house, or they were going to have like a Terrifier watch party with some friends, I'd I'd be down for it. Yeah, but you well, know, I don't really have a, a hard opinion on it. But for for me, Jake, I had a hard time watching Terrifier, the first, the first one. However, Terrifier two, it was a really good storyline, and okay. it was the the kills were that much better for me. It wasn't just about like the hardcore torture. Well, they built a whole. Yeah. Uh, they built a whole kind of spiritual religious yeah. demonic thing behind art yeah and behind the main heroine yeah so there is a lot more meat and this, to terrify it, it does take off from the first one with the the survivor of the first one i, I like that it's a true continuation yeah. sequel yeah. so moving right along to okay. best best first feature um again you know maybe not everybody saw all these but blood relatives deadstream the sadness watcher and we're all going to the world's fair now, Watcher was the one that we're going to be covering later on, right? Yes. Yep, Mike, with Michael Monroe. Yep. Yes. So, Jake, you can go ahead and go first. I only saw that one film. I don't think I can really um, weigh in. Okay, okay. that's fair enough. Carrie, um, I know you saw Watcher and Deadstream. Watcher. It, for me, it, it's Watcher. I, I enjoy Deadstream, but I really loved Watcher. So I watched We're All Going to the World's Fair, which is like another found footage. Um, I have not watched The Sadness or Blood Relatives, 
but I did watch Death Stream, excuse me, Dead Stream, and it very much is. They're even making the the Fright Rag shirts. I mean, it is Evil Dead found footage, basically, um, with a social media personality leading the way. And the kids loved it. The kids loved it. It is a good family horror movie. Um, very much social media personality versus deadites, basically. Um, <laughs> and it, and and they what was really neat, Jake. Have you seen the Hell House movies? Hell House. Yeah. Hell House? Hell House, yeah. Refresh my memory. Um, a group of friends uh, run a traveling haunted attraction business, and it's found oh. footage, and they they open no, up like I a... definitely have it, no. Okay. So <clears throat> it's one of these found footage movies. You go back multiple times, and you pick up little, yeah, little spooky tidbits. moments or little story bits that you didn't We're all going to the World's Fair, is that? Uh, no, Deadstream is that. Yeah, and and a lot of people said go back and watch it because the little strolling comments whenever he's streaming being attacked, there's comments of they're hinting towards sequels and other parts of the backstory. Anyways, best streaming premiere movie. So, um, Prey, A Wounded Fawn, Hellraiser, Hellbender, and Fresh. Carrie, I know you saw a chunk of these. You want to lead? Excuse me, lead the way. Oh, I, I. That that's that's so tough. It's for me. It's between Hellbender and Prey. Um, Prey was it was visually stunning. It, I, yeah, I think I have to go with that because it was it was hyped up and it was visual. Jake, how about you? Um, I didn't see all of these films, but I'm weighing in on this. Prey. Yeah, Prey had actually been. A, a scenario that me and my friends have been talking about for years. And when I found out that, you know, it was going to be the prequel to prequels, the predator first goes to earth. He's up against a Comanche warrior. And I just said to myself, Ooh, the, that's probably the fairest fight you could possibly get between a human and a predator. And I was like, Yes. And we gathered around. We watched the Comanche dub. So we watched it in the traditional Comanche language. Oh, wow. Oh, and it was, that really brought it. Um, I do want to see Fresh because that's been highly recommended from one of my work friends. And I think Sebastian Stans is a damn good actor. And I, I want to check that out. That's That's on my list. But I can say... Well enough, and of course I've seen Hellbender, but no, I can definitely say Prey. Prey was good. Yeah. Uh, and we're we're all in agreement here. Um, did anybody watch any of the international movies? No. I didn't. I'm sorry. No, no I neither of us have, so let's not comment on that. Um, best series? Chucky, Ooh. Cabinet of Curiosities. This is a good category. Yeah. Stranger Things. What we do in the shadows are yellow jackets. Carry well, on. I actually think yellow jackets is going to take it. Uh, okay. I yellow jackets is on my list. I want to see it. Uh, the rest of the women in my life want to see it, but there's just so much stuff for us to watch. It, what we do in the shadows has only gotten better with each progressing season to the point where 
I love the movie, and I was, I've been fans of the movie since, like, 2015 when it first came out around that area. But I've never seen a series based on a movie totally overshadow the movie like this has. Wow. Wow. Okay, and that's – neither of you or I have watched the, this. Yeah. But the first few episodes of Cabinet of Curiosities was really good, even though uh, it really kind of petered out toward the end. And Stranger Things, I don't know. It's There's a lot of horror elements, but I don't think Stranger Things falls firmly and consistently enough in the horror genre. I mean, I don't think you can really put Stranger Things in just one genre. And I've been loving Stranger Things since day one. I think I'm going to have to go with what we do in the shadows here on this. And that's, like I said, that's going above some really stiff competition. But then again, maybe my opinion will change once I start watching some episodes of Yellow Jackets. Don't know. Yellow Jackets for me, I, I that's the one I would pick right now. Um, just because it's got such a... Um, it's definitely has got that witty, snarky scream vibe to it just because of the cast that's on there. I mean, obviously there's... And it's survival. Yeah, the the survival, and I think um, just the the devilishness and deviousness of uh, pretty much every single character in that they they've all had these moments where <clears throat> you really feel for them, and then they turn around. And it's like, oh my god, that was fucking yeah. brutal. Yeah, I can't like, believe I, they yeah, just did that. Yeah, so it definitely at least has the shock factor yeah. going for it. So um, best documentary feature. Can any of us talk about? I mean, I've seen the first two In Search of Darknesses, but I've not watched the third. No. I'm going to go with In Search of Darkness, even though I haven't seen all of the ones there. I still want to watch the Guar one. But bottom line, In Search of Darkness lets me know of movies that I haven't seen yet. Yeah. I've been able to fill in gaps. It's been informative. It's let me know. All right, I saw this, this, this. Oh, didn't see this. Gotta, gotta fix that. So it's performing a good public service to me. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Jake, what about best lead performance? Mia Goth. Mia Goth. Yep. Hands down, in <clears throat> no hesitation whatsoever. She's up against some very, very good competition, but that woman has been incandescent with her roles and the fact that and they also did uh, even though I like X more as a film I thought her performance in Pearl was even stronger so yeah that's as good as everybody else is Mia Goth 110% Carrie what about you who's got your best lead performance Micah Monroe in Watcher her the subtle performance that she gave and that was a very unsettling unsettling yeah i'll give you on that she was good but i've seen that before and i've seen that a lot with with mia goth just to you know just try to you know just try to sell my my side of it if if, if i could i haven't seen a role like that ever and how she just hurled herself into it and just like you could see her her you could see her quake as she was just showing that desperation of wanting to get off that Texas farm and God, I just 
I was severely impressed. Severely impressed. But that's just me. And um, and you're both gonna have to forgive me. Who played the killer and Watcher? Because he actually was my favorite part about that yeah. entire movie. I I looked his name up. He's actually American. Yeah. Really. Um, strangely enough, yeah, he's born in L.A. Um, let me pull that up. Because that that was in terms of of being restrained and understated and just like almost like just like his movements alone and then oh, yeah. the camera work. Yeah. Oh, that's Burn Gorman. Hmm. And Carrie, I think he, he was in the man of the high castle. He played he the, the hunter and man yes. of the high castle. And he was in Pacific Rim and also a very, very funny episode of it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Ah, <laughs> uh, so we've got quite a few more categories to, to go over. So I'm going to, we're going to speed it up just a, What's that? Let's just do these. You want to do well? Jake might have something to say yeah. about the other ones. Oh, oh, we're fighting on the episode. Um, best supporting performance, Jake. Uh, I'll go Kristen Stewart on this. She, I wasn't too big a fan of Crimes of the Future, but I just think that Kristen Stewart's a better actress than the uh, fate that Twilight dealt her. Yeah, she was actually I, very good in that. Uh, Carrie, how about you? You're not allowed to say Ethan Hawke, Harry. <laughs> Why not? He wasn't um, support. Oh, he's... hey, if she wants to say it, man, let her say it. <laughs> it's fine. I'm just messing with you. I uh, it, you know, <laughs> God dang it. Um, I actually think no, Madeline McGraw in the Black Phone. Oh yeah, the sister. The sister. Her yeah. psychic per- performance was. It was yeah. amazing. Yep. Um, I mean, you could say the same thing about the brother as well. So, best director, Jake. How about you? Uh, you even have to ask at this point. Yeah. Let me guess. It is X T West. Yep. I uh, love Cronenberg, but I don't think Crimes of the Future was that good of a movie. But X was incredible, and Ty West is on a tear. I think Ty West is going to take it. I feel like DFM, if we're going to have like our own kind of, you know, Hollywood stars episode, you know, for different categories, which is actually a really good idea. Um, he's going to be up there for us for DFM. And we're 15 episodes in and we've talked a lot of T West in this, this we podcast. Have. We have. So, um, and, and that's okay. Ty, whatever it is. <laughs> I have heard it, you know, at first I thought I was wrong, but then I've heard some of his stars say it tie and tea and so i don't think anybody's really 100 yeah. percent sure um best cinematography guys jake how about you uh either one of them <laughs> uh, <laughs> listen dude, can we end it here and say yes to x and pearl for everything yeah well no it's just uh i just love um in fact there was just no there was just this great shot in x that i can think of where you first see them stand by the lake with the alligator and it's just that long shot. And then you see the woman come out of the woods. It's one of those shots where you know something's happening, but the screen isn't moving. So you have to just watch what happens. And I love it when they do that well. So yeah, either one of those. Are you in agreement, Carrie? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think, yeah, either one of those. T-West, T-West, T-West sweeps it. You know what's going to happen with all these T-West, Mia Goth 
They won't win a thing. Yeah. I swear to you, it's that's, gonna how, go the opposite. that's how it happens. Where they're going to yeah. uh, favor David yeah. Cronenberg, Crime for the Future. That, like, that, it does seem like, oh. I wanted that to be good. <sighs> yeah. Um, how about best screenplay? <laughs> Jake? <laughs> Wild guess, son. <laughs> Mia Goth and T. Weston. They're both in the category. <laughs> Well, I think that that and that makes Mia Goth's performance even that much more. You know, she was so say, yeah. invested into it. So, um, well, though, I will give a nod yeah. to uh, Seth Rice and Will Tracy for the menu. I thought that was very good too. Carrie, you've got a choice to make here because I know you really enjoyed Barbarian. I did, and I know you have a thing with the black phone. <laughs> that listen, that movie. There's few movies that i have trouble sleeping after watching and that movie the black phone yeah especially I, given that we have kids ah it bothered yeah, it, me it's, it it's, really bothered that me. one settled in under your skin yeah yeah I, I get it um that i got the same feeling with black phone that i did from like prisoners um although i would argue the prisoners was much bleaker in tone than the black yeah. phone um Okay, best score. What are you thinking, Jake? Carpenter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, um, Tyler Bates and Tim Williams, you did a good job in Pearl, but you are not going to beat John Carpenter yeah. at his own game. And I was really liking how they re-envisioned the music for the three latest um Halloween movies. Carrie, so, yeah, yeah, I, I, I might, I I might pick up back. those those scores when they come out. Hmm. How about makeup FX, Jake? Um, let's see here. Huh. I guess I will go for X, but that's not a very makeup effects movie. I mean. They they make um, Pearl as the old woman, but that's not really what lives and dies for that film. But Crimes of the Future was... I'm sorry, I just have a hard time getting behind Crimes of the Future because I know that movie could have been a lot better, and it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Carrie? Uh, I actually think it's going to be... Uh... See, the thing about barbarian though is all those other characters that they did and jake did you did you watch barbarian oh yeah yeah i saw it i thought i thought it was pretty good because i had i was totally cold going into it had no idea where it was gonna go had no idea what we both went into it like that we had no clue other than justin long was in it yeah i mean honestly it should win on the breastfeeding scene alone that's what i was gonna bring up that that well, makeup that, effect with that and like the teeth, like that ooh. poor girl was stuck yeah. underground all that time, yeah. and basically turned into this big massive troglodyte. Like, yeah, for that alone, I think it should. Yeah, um, best costume design, Jake. Um, I'm just gonna cut right to it because um, same movie's gonna win both of these. I'm going with Prey. Yeah, over Pearl. <laughs> And best creature effects, I'm going with Prey as well. I mean, Carrie, how about, yeah, how about you, Carrie? Yeah, I think Prey is going to win too. Yeah, 
I sure hope so. I I don't. I I think it should. I what's so odd? The, I would say the kind of the odd duckling in all these is seeing VHS ninety nine out of like left field. I I kind of feel bad they're like not listed anywhere else. Um, you wonder if the judges start seeing that way, like, wow, look at Pearl and X across the board. VHS yeah. has only got one Let's category. Let's give it to them because they have nothing yeah. else going on. Um, best nonfiction series or miniseries. Jake, did you see any of these? Oh, yeah. Um, um, well, um, I figured one at least you saw. I haven't seen Queer for Fear yet, but I love the Cursed Film series, but I'm sorry. I'm still Team Joe Bob. I mean, he just – Joe Bob – <laughs> and, I, and, I'm, and I'm in fights with my significant other over this. Joe Bob could get me to watch the Twilight films if he covered them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, That's he, true. Yeah. He offers too much insight. He offers too much to listen to. And it's just, he got me through things, guys. He got me through things. That should oh, tell you the power of that Northeast Texas man. Yeah, I mean, Carrie, how about you? I mean, is it is it Joe Bob? It's Joe Bob, yeah. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, he's just got our vote for many different reasons, just even outside this awards and the category. Um, I remember when the kids were little and you would go away to your parents for the weekend and I would have, you know, the house all to myself. And I'm not somebody that I, I like to be alone for days on end. So it's like, but guess what? I basically sat there. It was like one of my top three bachelor moments of all time was sitting there like, Oh, Joe Bob's back. And he's got this big long marathon. I only got up to get fast food that weekend. And I was on shutter that entire time. Uh, but yeah, it's Joe Bob. Uh, did anybody watch any of these shorts, Jake? Can't say I did. Carrie. No. Um, at first I thought that, Oh, glory was that. What was that one? The guy from true blood, the Australian guy with the glory hole. What yeah. was that called? Uh, that's what um, I thought that it was, was. That wasn't a short, though. That was glorious. glorious. And I hung out in Beverly Hills with one of the producers of that movie. Really? really? Okay. Cool. And I got to tell you, um, if you haven't seen Glorious, see it. It's good. It's <laughs> very, very, very good. Um, Carrie, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to speak for you, but I don't think you can comment on the best Amityville here. Not these, the old ones you could have. The old ones I could have, yeah. I've seen the the cover art or the poster artwork for these and just laugh, but I've not watched these. Jake, Wait, these are real? Best? What's that? These are real? <laughs> they are. <laughs> they made... Really? Yeah, so like these are... Like the the rights, of course, are not with like the people that did the first three or four or whatever, and it's pretty much a direct to video or it's I've never very, even heard it, of them. it's on par with the quality of like Evil Bong, basically. Hmm. So yeah, I I I would just throw in my two cents. The Amityville Karen. That's what I was gonna say. That has I was gonna say that just based on the damn title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, most of the time you would get Amityville, like anything in space would win this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Amityville Karen. Um the creativity that you could have with that, I can only imagine. I mean, clearly they, they didn't give a shit. They're just using the title for something zany across the board here. So um that that brings us to the end of voting. 
for the Chainsaw Awards. Jake, I'm going to be – I don't think we're going to watch all of it. We might catch some of it before we go to bed. But um, I'm going to be interested. My big takeaway is there's a lot of opportunity for T-West, Mia Goth, X, and Pearl. And Prey. And Prey. And I'm just wondering if – I'm speculating. Are, are they going to end up with, like, Blue Tarski? It's one of those, like, the Academy Awards yeah, where the big hyped one is going to be the one that falls short. They have to win for something, though. You can't deny that. That would be a big fucking, excuse me, cock tease to give them all these categories and yeah, not, have, not a have a win. That's, that would just be, like, I think you would have a backlash, personally. Well, for me to sum up my feelings on that, sums up my feelings on a lot of things relevant to what we talk about. I've always been somebody who likes unique things. You know, very rarely do I like something that's very popular. Uh, I was picked on a lot as a kid for liking things that weren't very popular. Maybe that's tainted me a bit. But when it comes to, like, awards and accolades from groups, I'm looking at you, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and, you know, the Grammys and the Academy Awards and all that stuff. It's, it would be very easy for me to be upset because a lot of times what I really like doesn't get the attention I feel it deserves. So here's what you do. Take a step back and accept the fact that they're probably going to screw it up. They're probably not going to give it to the stuff you want to give it to. They're almost definitely not going to give it to the stuff that actually deserves it. But, don't take it too seriously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and it is to note that this is one of the few award shows where fans, this is like the Nickelodeon's kids choice awards of horror mm-hmm. movies. So the fans do vote, but um, what tends to happen in these is that it's almost like the pro bowl with, um, you know, players that are, you know, I'm not saying any of these movies yeah. are past their prime or it's just a popularity contest, but this can turn into just the the biggest name wins. And I actually think Jenna Ortega is probably going to win the best supporting performance. I could see that happening. But yeah, I think this was fun just to be able to go through, you know, play kind of like panel judge mm-hmm. if you were in the scenario. So Jake, appreciate you, man. Midnight Traveler for playing along with us. And um, <clears throat> and for holding down the Ford in the Renfield episode, I'm glad that we were able My to pleasure. do this. Man. My pleasure. I just... I know we passed on it for good reasons when we did, but I saw it and I'm like, dude, this this is worth our time if we can make it happen, and we did. Absolutely. Hey, everybody, that does it for episode 15.5, the bonus episode. And this coming week, we're going to be talking cave therapy. Yes. Uh, Memorial yeah. Day weekend. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk the descent. And, and all the bloodiness that comes with it. Isn't there also creature poo in this from what I remember? I swear there's creature poo. Anyways. <laughs> I don't know. I swear there's poop in this film. All right, I'm going to have to go back and watch. Well, so anyways. If any poop, then bring some of your own then, Case. <laughs> I'll make sure there's plenty of stool to go around. Um, <laughs> yeah. Guys, we we are on RSS. You can take that link anywhere to any of your favorite platforms. Uh, weekly episodes come out Fridays. Just to note, we're kind of shifting the time a little bit from midnight to 5 a.m. Um, still gives you plenty of time to listen in on us on Friday mornings while you're getting ready for Friday. And uh, yeah, love you, everybody. Take it easy. Hope you're having a great Sunday. 
uh, holiday weekend coming up. Um, yeah, vets, thank you for your service. See you guys. I never say ciao. Bye. Bye. <laughs>